I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and co-owner of PurePleasureShop.com. I'm April, VP of the cutting-edge sex toy company, Hot Octopus, and I dedicate my life to the business of sex. We are on a mission to teach you how to have hot sex, deep intimacy, and how to make your own rules for who you are as a sexual being. Welcome Welcome to to the Shameless Sex Revolution. Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com. And for 50% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use code SHAMELESSSEX at purepleasureshop.com. You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Well, hello, everyone. Hey, everybody. Happy spring. Is it spring? Spring. Didn't that happen March 21st? With I don't know. Equinox? I just feel very springy today. Me too. Get a little spring in my step. Me too. Uh, this episode, repeat guest, third time. I, they're all a charm, but third time's a charm. But Willow Brown, but now Dr. Willow Brown. I always thought she was a doctor the whole time. She said she was working on it. It oh. was a work in progress last time she was here. And then she spent uh, the year of COVID finishing her doctorate. So She was like, COVID was good for me. Yeah, it's a great time to do that. She got to hunker down and get her doctorate and write a book. Woohoo, sex as medicine. Uh yeah, in this episode we talk about kidney gasms, adrenal gland, liver gasms, liver gasms, the penile gland. Uh-huh. Wait, is it the pineal? No, pineal gland. <laughs> you messed her up in it when you were saying. I did, and then she kept saying the penisial gland. No, uh, penial. I know, I'm just kidding. Oh, no, penis, now I'm just, the penis. Now I'm the 8-year-old. The pen 15 gland. Pen 15 gland. <laughs> There's really valuable information here, though, and it, she brings in a lot of uh, Eastern medicine practices into sexuality, whether it's enhancing orgasm, whether it's understanding your body's cycles, your emotions, how it's all related. Uh, so, and she's a great speaker, and she's it's live actually. So our audio hopefully is actually pretty decent. Uh, so Amy's like, wait, I forgot to press record. I forgot what live was like. I know, me too. We haven't done an in-person recording, just you and I. And I think the last one we did was Kyle Tierman right when COVID began. That was over a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. So that was refreshing to be in person with another human in the sexuality field. So stay tuned. You will learn more. April, read the bio. Um, let's just dive right into the sex question. Are you ready, Chip? Dive in there. I felt like, I think we got this last week and I felt like we needed to read it right away because the title just really spoke to me. It's called Vulva Rejected. Mm. I am a married vulva owner who has been sexually awakened within the past five months. I love my pussy. My husband and I had a discussion last night leading me to ask him if he finds my pussy or any pussy pretty. His response hurt me. He said, I don't find any of them, pussies, attractive. I just know which ones are ugly, and yours is not ugly. He also does not touch it, or not look at it, touch it, lick, or kiss my pussy. Yes, I've told him what I need and what I want regarding our sex life. He nods along, but nothing changes. I know for a fact that my pussy is gorgeous, soft, and smells delicious. Why doesn't my husband of eight years love it? He certainly loves to stick his penis in it, though. Any advice would be great. Thank you. Wow. Yeah. Um, damn it. Damn it. Is that's right. What, yeah. That's my advice. Damn, damn it. Damn it. <laughs> I know. Well, then the last part too. Like you, you, you enjoy sticking your cock in my beautiful pussy, but you don't think it's beautiful. You don't really like licking it or touching it or looking at it, but you get a lot of pleasure out of it. And I can see how that could feel really 
hurtful um, that there's this part of your body that isn't being honored or adored and celebrated to its fullest fullest capacity and yet is um, sharing or giving pleasure to someone who is enjoying it. Just uh, there's certain ways where they aren't showing up for it. They aren't uh, meeting you where you want to be met. Where, where and I don't. When I you say the word, I mean a better word than deserve. But I really feel like all folks deserve to be met where they want to be met. And especially if you want your, I think everyone should have their genitals loved and praised. All all vulvas and cocks and all the in between bits are are beautiful in their own unique way. And you just so happen to have figured out my pussies. You actually are owning that. And yet you have a partner that isn't on board. Now, they're not saying it's terrible. They are just not getting on board for what you, how you feel about it and also just what, what you deserve. Um, so you've had the conversations with them. My question that comes to mind is my, I have this automatic curiosity about him and you can't be his therapist. So how do you do this without trying to become his therapist? Is to get inquisitive about that. So what about pussies in general do you not really find attractive? You clearly enjoy them, but what about the aesthetics of pussies in general are you not that attracted to? And why is that? Did you have some experiences in the past that shaped that? Was it the porn that you watched? Do you think that pussies should look a certain way? Because maybe he's never really checked in with himself about the why. He just goes with this instant feeling of whatever this is not and granted i'm i don't know in his defense i don't think mainstream society thinks pussies are beautiful i do but i don't think that the education i mean even the words for them like vulva and vagina are just very and so i don't think that there's a lot of um information out there about like wow look how beautiful they are in their unique ways of of appearing and of developing um so yeah i would i would get more and, and also i would share more of the feelings with him so you're sharing the needs and wants but also the the feelings of um how does it feel when your partner uh doesn't find your pussy not only doesn't find it attractive but also when you ask for these wants for touch and various things and they don't show up for it and sharing that with him again not like a, a blamey finger pointing you're a terrible person but more so a hey so when i i make these these requests for more of x y and z and you nod and, you, and maybe you say yes and then it doesn't really seem to happen. I'm really curious about that. And here's how, how I feel when, um, when that happens. Like I feel a sadness or I feel shame or I feel like maybe there's something wrong with me for you to not be interested in, in touching my pussy. Sorry, April just flagged me to not throw the ball for her dog and I did. Sorry, bad, bad mom, bad stepmom. Um, so yeah, so more along those lines, getting curious, uh, with him and, the last thing I'll say, and I'll let April speak because I'm sure she has something to comment on this too, is um, also if you don't feel like you can make any progress, because this is your husband, you're married, you are obviously committed to celebrating each other's genitals together for a while, um, get some help. You know, go and I feel like we say that in every uh, sex question because I think most sex question folks could use some support. But if, if you even say these things about the feelings and the curiosity and it still is like a dead end. And even if his response is like, yeah, I actually had a trauma with some, some pussy experience, whatever that reason is of why he doesn't think they're attractive. Or I watched a lot of porn that told me that pussies weren't attractive or I saw them all one way and no pussies actually look that way. And so whatever. Um, 
it's there's still is like okay what do you do with that so that's why support can be really helpful um, because this is something that he can potentially learn or all of us can learn uh, how to look at something maybe we don't think it's like the most like perfectly beautiful delicate flower but we can find beauty in most things or sacredness or or something or i'll stop talking what do you think it's also part of our bodies so it's important to honor parts of our bodies and it's a very and your partner's body and it's this part of your body that you'll always have and it can change and and look different and uh, so a few things came up for me that wasn't one of them uh i think that's some great advice amy uh from you and some things that came up for me so You mentioned in the piece of the question that said, yes, I've told him what I need and want regarding our sex life. So I think that's great. And hopefully if you could, if, if you were specific about wanting to be looked at, touched, licked, just honored for him to kiss your pussy, that would be great. Like the specifics, sometimes people, and it doesn't matter what gender they are, they, they don't necessarily get the whole picture of what you want and so say i would love for you even if even if you don't necessarily just like i feel like i want to feel special Mm. even if you don't feel like i'm super fucking special you tell me that and it's not a lie necessarily but since you know it's really important to me so if you really want him to say something like your pussy is magic or i love the smell of your pussy i love looking at it Get specific about what you really want. And then the other thing is that I thought about because our genitals are so spectacularly unique, each one of us. What about there's these beautiful, uh, a liberator makes them and I had one and it's awesome. You can paint your oh, yeah. genitals. Uh, well you put non-toxic paint and there's a canvas and you can have sex on it and make this, this very unique portrait of either with with your genitals on there or whatever your your uh, sexual experience was with a partner or solo and sort of putting that up somewhere to honor your bodies together or separately whatever that looks like for you or this person and um and then uh i think that one other piece that came up that I, I, I think would be kind of helpful as well. There's the clona, clona, willy, oh, yeah. clona, clona, willy, clona, clona pussy. pussy. Uh-huh. So, because it's, it's, so the thing is, it's, I, I know that genitals all look different. Humans look different. We can't, we can't think that people are all like, th- those are all ugly or most pussies are ugly as, as this person said in the, in the question, ugly is such a harsh word. Everything is beautiful in its own way. And it's a matter of opinion. Maybe the attraction piece isn't there. I think doing things to honor your, your bits in a way that will put it more in, in face, in, in face range to your partner that you're asking for. So they wake up every morning, they look at your vulva, the clone of vulva. I want you to (laughs) fuck that right in front of me (laughs) or get bossy with it. So those were some things that I thought of because you're talking about celebration, celebration and and I, and sometimes I like to tie in some of these questions to my own experience because I struggled for a long time thinking my pussy was beautiful. I had that sex accident when I was 17 where my labia menorah oh, torn, was yeah. torn in half. So there was a scar. I felt that everyone could see it from the age of 17 onward. And so I had an issue thinking that my pussy was beautiful. And I know that isn't the issue. And I think that your question that you were asking her partner was really, uh, important. What, is why why what what are are the reasons behind Mm -hmm. the feelings that you have around pussies and so it's it's a sort of a a complex multi-layered 
question with with deserving the same multi layers of answers. Mm-hmm. So it's it's important to get clear on your needs. Try some tools outside of just talking. So maybe the visual tools uh, out there that are clo- have him clone your pussy for you with the clone a pussy, or mm-hmm. uh, and do that for him as well. And 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 have fun with it. Make it more playful. Get the outside help that you were talking about. If 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 he's open to that. And, uh, the other piece is if you can get specific about what you would like him to say, do, or, um, or share with you. And that could also be really intimate and special. Yeah. You know, I mean, I look at some cocks and I'm like, those are awkward dangly things between some legs. And, and yet I still, and I don't like seeing you just like a random, random dick all the time, but uh, I still see this uh, this part of my partner, and I there's something about it that is so sexy and hot, and and, off, and it's also a really nice cock. But also there's but the generalization like you're talking about that all pussies are just kind of that's so, so interesting. I'm so curious about that. Why? What taught you that? Where did that come? You weren't born with that. You didn't come out of the womb thinking you came out of a pussy. By the way, too, <laughs> did you know you came out of the pussy saying all pussies are unattractive? That's an interesting thing. So I also thought of OMGs. Oh yeah, or, we can see the diversity of pussies. Yeah. And, Yes, and start yeah. appreciating pleasure in yeah. a way. Yeah, um, I, I wanted to to offer that as OMGS. well. Omgs.com. Yeah, and for the clona pussing in a clona willy, actually we have them at shamelesssex.com. I'm sorry, wrong website. Purepleasureshop.com. And <laughs> Shameless, he's, oh, and yeah. we don't have it. No. Pure pleasure, purepleasureshop.com with coupon code shamelesssex. You get fifteen percent off, um, and it's really fun to do as well. Uh, and so, yeah, I like April's advice for the celebration piece. And the last thing I'll say is that we don't have to find the whole everything beautiful, right? We can find little parts about it. So if it's not the looks, the aesthetics, it could be the smell or the taste or the color the or the feel. Yeah, but you don't want to just be told like your pussy just feels good. It feels good. You're like, no, I mean, you know, it sounds like there's more to it that this person wants to hear. And, and I think that your feelings are valid. Um, and your pussy's fucking beautiful. And everyone out there with a pussy, your pussy's beautiful. Everyone out there with a cock, your cock is beautiful. And everyone out there with other bits, I love your bits too. They're perfect. Me too. All right. Uh, before a bio, I want to also talk to you all a little bit about something we've talked about on our show. This is a beloved sponsor, Dipsy, spelled D-I-P-S-E-A. Dipsy is a app that gets you turned on anywhere, anytime, should you want to. It is erotic short stories. There's new stories released every week. There's some that are super hot and spicy, like having hot sex with your yoga teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can be walking down the street, get turned on anywhere, anytime. Um, generally designed by Volvo owners, for Volvo owners, but I think anyone could listen to it and get turned on. It's changed the lives of myself, my clients, a whole bunch of humans, um, and they absolutely love, love, love Dipsy. And I love how they have texting basics to help you learn how to sext. Ooh. They're 20-minute sessions. There's a couple of those. There's talking about love languages. You can do the sleep there's sleep aids, so you can listen to sleep stories. They're not really erotic. Uh, there's also soundscapes to help you fall asleep. So not only are you getting something that can turn you on, you can also get, I, I have to listen turn to something. Turn you down. You can t- yeah, turn it down sometimes. <laughs> so for our listeners of this show, which is Shameless Next, my favorite podcast I with love it. Amy, Dipsy is offering a 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash shameless. That's 30 days free when you go to dipseastories.com slash shameless. Dipseastories.com slash shameless. All right. Are you ready for the bio? Yeah. Yeah. So... 
Dr. Willow Brown holds a doctorate in Chinese medicine, blending ancient Taoist philosophy with sexual and spiritual practices that ignite the soul's true calling. She is devoted to the sexual healing of humanity and works to promote an open, receptive pleasure pathways in each person she works with. Willow works with her clients and patients on every level, physical, spiritual, emotional, sexual, and physiological. Psychological. Oops. And psychological. <laughs> hey, but it's you know, physiological. Physiological too. might be in there too. You will not find a more holistic approach to a long and happy, healthy life. To learn more, visit Dr. Willow Brown. That's D-R-W-I-L-L-O-W-B-R-O-W-N.com. All right. It's time for the interview. Well, hello, everyone. Hi, everybody. Hello. Welcome. Welcome. Oh, wait. There's three of us. We're starting this in a funny way because we're actually in person. I know. This is weird. This is the first time we've had an in-person podcast in ages. Ages. Since the last time I was here, maybe. Probably. You're like (laughs) our last in-person podcast. We had one with Kyle Tierman, I think, after. It was like one week into was it, the pandemic. Was there, co- uh, was there COVID? No. Was there the COVID? <laughs> the last time you were on our show? Okay. Interesting. Huh. Well, yeah. So the, uh, usually we start, this is like an interview that we've already done. Okay. So anyways, hey, everyone. You already heard us talk, but here we're talking again. And now we're here with Willow Brown. But now we can say, Dr. Willow Brown. How does that feel for you? Feels fucking fantastic. Woohoo! It's so great to have that completed and done. And 2020 was the best year to get her done. It That's was great. Really was. I just had my head down getting my doctorate. Congratulations. Writing a book. And the book is uh, coming out Sex as Medicine? Yeah, Sex as Medicine. Uh, coming out while well, I just finished the writing about a week ago. So now I'm editing. And when it comes out, we'll still be in the mysteries i don't know yet Ooh. oh yeah the eta is unknown yeah we got to get it into some publishing houses and see see what we what we get i like sex as medicine sex is medicine or sex as, as baby as Ooh. can you tell us a little little something about the intention behind sex as medicine yeah so basically um i'm a Taoist sexology practitioner and teacher uh and so when you know, sort of the difference between um, Taoist sexual practice and tantric sexual practice, because more people are more familiar with tantra, is tantra is a almost like a, a very simplified version of the Tao. Tao has a lot more um, running energy through meridians, bringing it into specific organs and glands. So there is a, a much more um, medicine aspect to it. So one of the things that I love to teach people to do is to cultivate their orgasmic energy, cultivate that heightened sense of pleasure, and then draw it into their adrenal glands or draw it into their pineal gland and start to have orgasms in different areas in their body. When you have an orgasm in your heart or your womb or your lungs or your kidneys, it's called a superior orgasm. So um, using that sexual energy as medicine to get all your cells in your body vibrating at a higher frequency 
What's your perennial gland? Is that your pineal? Pineal gland. Pineal or pineal. Pineal. Oh, pineal. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. I was like, where is that? Do I have one? (laughs) You do. Maybe. Where is it? Where is it? It's your brain, right? It's in your brain. Oh, it is. So you pineal gland in my brain? You got a pineal gland. I'm so excited. (laughs) What does April do with her pineal gland? Yeah. What is, what can I do with that gland? (laughs) All kinds of good stuff. Especially sleep. That's one of the main hormones that it secretes is melatonin. Oh, that's fucking cr- the I think bo- human body is like such a it's a it's, it's an, a miracle it's a like Absolute a micro magic biology ma- yeah magic microbiological uh what would you say magical miracle. phenomenon yeah. phenomenon phenomenon <laughs> that it is. it's a phenomenon the penile gland so wait, what is it but what is, so wait, what is it is other than sleep so is, is it's it, penial yeah, yeah but how does that sleep. relate to sexuality so uh, the pineal or pineal gland is also <laughs> it's named after the pine pine nut pine cone pine nut oh. i think something like that that's where the name comes from so it's about that big and it, it also relates to um mysticism spirituality dream space you know when you're having dreams your pineal gland is really activated when you're in the zone like in a meditative space or on some kind of medicine or you're just really focused in the zone doing qigong whatever your pineal gland is turned on so it's not so much of a like prefrontal cortex thinking part of your brain as it is like a sensing and feeling part of your brain. So it's very connected to intuition and your, your pineal gland. Now I'm saying it funny. Your pineal gland um, can get calcified. It can get crusted over with um, calcifications, which come from fluoride and bromine and, mm. and chlorine. So, you know, you want to make sure you're drinking purified water and, and all that and not using fluoride toothpaste, but also you can do meditations to clean up the pineal gland and having orgasmic pineal gland orgasms is a fantastic way to clean up that gland. So you have, a, if you have a calcified pineal gland, you can actually decalcify it. Totally. So that's good to know. Yeah. Maybe mine's been <laughs> calcified this whole time and I had no idea. It's, I mean, it's possible. And then the adrenals, we, I mean, most people know what adrenals are. Uh, but that's something, can you talk about adrenals and what, how they relate to sex? Cause I think that is really interesting because your adrenals are, I mean, that's, yeah. I just think of like adrenaline. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My frat boy comes out. I'm sorry. <laughs> your inner frat My man. inner yeah. frat boy <laughs> comes out quite easily. Uh, so, um, the adrenal glands really are the foundation of sexuality. And especially when you're looking at it from a Taoist perspective, because the, um, your sexual energy, which is called Jing, Qi, J-I-N-G, Jing Qi, is stored in your adrenal glands. So that's the storehouse for sexual essence. And when your adrenals are constantly pumping out cortisol, the stress hormone, then they're getting squeezed and shriveled and dehydrated. They turn into little dried up raisins and then people wonder why their libido is low. So you want to plump up and juice up that adrenal gland and there's plenty of herbs and diet and all of that meditations things to do but also just drawing sexual energy to the gland is um probably one of the most powerful ways that you can augment that storehouse of sexual energy in your body Mm. you like is this a visualization drawing where you're pulling the energy up from your genitals to your adrenal glands yeah exactly where where are my adrenal glands again (laughs) (laughs) i'm trying to i'm trying it right now yeah yeah so they're right on top of your kidneys your kidneys are in your lower back and your adrenal glands are about the size of a walnut and they've got an inner um medulla like an inner seed you can think of an egg with a 
the egg white inside, and then the shell is the outer cortex, so adrenal cortex. And the adrenal cortex has three rings. And so then we've got basically four different layers to the adrenal gland, and it's sitting on top of the kidney organ. So, you know, I've taught with you guys before, and I teach in almost all my interviews, is the turtle breathing, right? Mm -hmm. So imagine you have that turtle shell on your lower back, and as you inhale, you push that shell behind you. And then as you exhale, the shell comes back toward your spine. And that's how you can start to create more space for the adrenal glands. And then when you're getting close to an orgasmic peak, you can squeeze your perineum and turtle breathe at the same time. Whoa. And boom, you're having an adrenal gland orgasm. And the medulla oblongata. Do you remember that <laughs> from Wayne's World? <laughs> was that Wayne's World? We're the medulla alum, uh, wait, alum She just wants to say big words. I yeah. just want to say big words all day today. I just feel so smart right now. She's really smart Flexing right my adrenal glands right now. That's uh, right. This is a this is total sign. So you're saying that's an adrenal. So when you say you can have an adrenal gland orgasm or a kidney orgasm, <laughs> it's it's by it's through the the power of breath and and charging up your energy elsewhere and then channeling and bringing that energy energy to those areas of the body. Yes. It's kind of like the heady version. Of yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So what would be a benefit of having an adrenal or a kidney orgasm? Well, it would augment your sexual energy for one. So a lot of times when you're having an orgasm, you just kind of blah, have it out. It goes out of your body. Yeah. This is a way to draw it back into your body. So it's like you're recycling, recycling, but also, um, adding to. So you can think about your sexual essence and your sexual energy as like a bank account. You don't want to drain that bank account. You want to keep adding to it. You want to build it up. And, you know, um, they have all these Chinese herbs like the, you've probably heard of the, um, the Lu Rong is the deer antler mm-hmm. stuff. You know, mm-hmm. that's a great one to, to augment that sexual energy and build that bank account. But uh, really the best thing you can do is just draw your orgasms into your into your kidneys and when you do have one of those it's called a superior orgasm for a reason because it's super superior (laughs) how can you tell if you've had one how do you know yeah you kind of have to just trust that you did so it does take some practice and usually what i'll tell people to do is draw about three or four rounds of orgasmic like when you're getting close to the edge of an orgasm before you have the full expression pause do your turtle breath bring it up and then work your way back up again and do another one and work your way back up again and do three of those and then when you're ready to have the final expression of the orgasm go for it have it and also kind of while during and after you're having it draw it to your adrenals and you'll feel like this pulsing you know you get that with a vaginal orgasm, the, the walls of the vagina pulse, you know, mm. so you can have that same kind of sensation in the, in the adrenals, in the lower back. And you might not be able to know exactly. Some people, for me, I'm just like very, Tuned I think in. about it and I yeah. feel it, you know, but not everyone's like that and that's okay. So you might have to just pretend that you're having one for yeah. a little while until feel, you're sure I that you I feel like are. I need to have a liver orgasm. Yeah, you can have a liver orgasm. <laughs> I feel like my liver needs some love. <laughs> Probably a great idea. As we sip on this wine. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's what I mean. I'm like, my liver might need a little bit. Well, I think that's really interesting to, to think about. About actually, we were having a conversation about a specific sex educator who talks about um, a hierarchy of orgasm in, a, in a, kind of in a different different way. And in, in the way you're speaking, you're saying superior, meaning 
you're saying so you're saying superior meaning it actually really just feels better like there's more to it or it's more yeah more substance more substance mm-hmm. okay okay so that depend on the human though i mean that's one thing with the orgasms it's hard for to say if every human will experience the same thing right right yeah it's going to be superior for you it's your own experience okay yeah 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 so depend it's different for you so you're it's not necessarily like a hierarchy thing it's just that there often is just more sensation more feeling it's not this like this quick you know three second superficial what was that that felt kind of good but i don't really know what that was yeah totally. now i'm just craving more yeah. uh, which often i think people identify orgasm as yeah and then the other thing i think you'll know it's superior is if you feel more vital afterwards like mm. you feel Aww. you know how when you look at a wilted plant you're like well that plant needs some water you give it a glass of water and like 15 minutes later it's like here i am you know the leaves perk up that's how you feel mm. uh, I like, I like that. that yeah, so that's, yeah, so there's actually, uh, actually it reminds me of what, uh, Barbara Corellis, who wrote Urban Tantra said, um, which was defining orgasm as a, an experience that transforms you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and maybe there was a little more to it in the way she, she referring it. to all orgasms. She, or? yeah, she was, cause she wanted to broaden orgasm beyond just this general contraction thing, which you're doing too, because a lot of people have orgasms that are not involving their genitals. Totally. And, um, and that's limiting because some folks have spinal cord injuries, et cetera. Um, uh, and so, and then she wanted to take it out of just the traditional context. And so I remember her ex- broadening even more. She says, uh, um, and she, I don't even think she said an erotic experience that transforms you because sometimes the experience might not even necessarily be, uh, erotic to you, erotic to you. But at any rate, what you're saying though, is the superior orgasm is something that kind of changes you or transforms you, right? So it's not just like, oh, I'm this exact same person and go back to my everyday life. It's like something feels a little different here and more probably often a positive way yeah i'd say you probably feel more empowered you know like like more in your sovereignty more mm. in oh that your... word <laughs> sovereignty. Oh, sovereignty sovereignty See, i can't do it sovereignty <laughs> sovereignty sovereignty uh-huh. so you're more in that autonomy and authentic place with your sexuality you know you have um moved it into a place in your body where it can serve you moving forward Mm. there's so there's so many different doctors researchers out there that have commented and and there's proof behind the power of orgasms in general helping you live longer and uh you can be more youthful have a more youthful glow there is like serious research and so it's nice to think about taking it to the next level and no matter what genitals you're rocking you can still have this like kidney orgasm and i think that it's kind of an orgasmic goal in my brain now because when you were first on the show we talked about cervical orgasms i believe Mm -hmm. and we talked about this gyrating intense orgasm and so i had a goal after that i was like i want to experience this i want some witchcraft and i did and i I, because i i hadn't yet and because maybe i wasn't aware or mindfully challenging myself uh during sex and not in a way that i was disappointed if it didn't happen but i would focus in on that that energy to the places that i wanted it to go so i think this is a new objective for me now go for the liver i'm gonna go for that liver (laughs) yeah i'm gonna decalcify my livegasm livegasm yeah, mm-hmm. live, live gasm. And, and the kidney gasm is not, it's just called a kidney gasm. We're not going for a kid gasm. Okay. So anyways, let's talk about <laughs> you earlier. You had mentioned some key points, not while we were recording. Uh-huh. Um, but, and you, and so 
if you can do two things, number one, share just like a really quick over here. What is Taoism, a Taoist approach to sex? And what is like, what does that mean? And for, for listeners, I think I saw it was episode 47 was your first one with us about Taoist sex and Taoist is spelled with a T everyone. Um, so just a little one-on-one. And then you earlier, you did mention something not again, not on air about the four phases of the moon cycle and the five Chinese elements and how this is all related to sexuality. So without further ado, dive on in. With yes. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so this is basically uh, what's called the ancient wisdom approach. And it's, uh, it's the cool thing about this approach to sexuality is you can use it as an approach to everything in your life. It really translates to every sector of life, to health, to relationships, to home, to money, to everything. And so what it is, the ancient wisdom approach is a bridge between the cycles of the moon. Each cycle of the moon, there are four phases to the moon cycle, and each one of those four phases relates to one of the four seasons, right? So the new moon is relating to the winter phase. Then we go to the waxing moon. So from winter, we go to spring. Then we go into the full moon. So full moon is summer. Think like fullness of the moon, full expression of life, full playtime, summertime, right? Expansion. And then we go into the waning moon. Waning moon is going to be... We'll fall. <laughs> yes. Sorry, taking notes at the same time. I know. So uh, they're multitasking. Yeah, uh, they're not listening to me. They're no, I am. No, we are. I'm getting quizzed <laughs> from the episode. I'm not so. used to being quizzed. I know. I'm like, wait, Willow. Sorry, I'll pay attention. All right, all right, I'm back. All right. They're paying such good attention. So those are the four phases of the moon. They relate to the four seasons. Each one of the four seasons has its own medicine, and each one of those seasons also relates to an organ system in Chinese medicine. So let's Mm. go back to the new moon, new moon relating to winter. Winter relates to kidneys and bladder. That's a paired organ system in Chinese medicine, which is a Taoist system. So um, like I said, each one of these has a paired organ system and they mean something different, but let's stay with kidney and bladder. So kidney is all about um, releasing fear, releasing doubt, releasing insecurity, releasing anything that is holding you back that feels like um, a fear factor for you in your life. And then the bladder comes in. So the the kidney holds like that deep-seated fear that you have to kind of go into somebody and extract on a psychological and physical level. But then the, the bladder energy could be more like surface fear, kind of like you can think of. So this is also water element. There's so many layers to it, right? Mm-hmm. We've got the season is winter, but it's the water element. And so you can think, can think of like the surface of the ocean and wind blowing across the ocean. That's that kind of like nervous fear, you know, mm-hmm. like a little bit jittery or just like anxious. Ooh, anxious. Yeah. yeah. So anxious can kind of fit into each one of these season patterns. You know, it could fit into the water one, the fire one, the, you know, whichever one. So they come out in different expressions, but those four phases of the moon are inside of your body. They're happening for you all the time. Doesn't matter if you're a woman, you're having a menstrual cycle, you're through menopause, doesn't matter if you're a man, doesn't matter if you're a dog, like you have a moon cycle because your body is made up of water and the moon pulls on water. So the moon is always pulling on us emotionally. And then the um, five 
Chinese elements is the other aspect of the ancient wisdom approach. So the five Chinese elements are um, fire, earth, metal, water, and wood. So we've already talked about water. So we've already brought those in a little bit. So how those elements are inside of your body. So how do these four fit with these five? Well, fire, summertime, which is the full moon, has four in it instead of two. Mm. Four um, organ systems instead of two. Mm. So it's just the most full. You know, it's got a lot in it. And it's, it's just a beautiful way to navigate your sexuality, especially if you are, well, regardless of if you're in a relationship or you're single and dating, if you're approaching the full moon, which would be in a woman's body who's still having a menstrual cycle, she'll be approaching her ovulation. Mm -hmm. So again, here, let me pause and say this. If you're in a body that's menstruating and having a cycle, then you want to follow the moon cycle of your personal womb, Mm -hmm. which may not match the moon in the sky, right? So that's primary thing to follow. So how does that relate to those four phases of the moon are you guys staying with me i'm totally with you i was just thinking of mine like i'm in day three of my moon cycle so (laughs) me too yeah (laughs) day three yeah awesome awesome. (laughs) so so we're in our winter phase right Uh now and so as yeah exactly so it's a little lower energy and so from from that winter phase being on your period then you go into the spring which is like when your estrogen starts to rise and you're like oh okay i'm coming out i'm emerging i want to talk to people i want to go to parties i want to and not during covid but you know i want to go be social i want to get some projects done i want to be creative and then right before the summer phase which is the um, full moon in your womb if you're following that cycle is ovulation Mm -hmm. so that's like really peak creativity time right that's the time you would create a baby new life so that's Mm -hmm. the time to really get those creative creative projects going and um just start to be a lot more playful and have a good time then after that summer phase you want to start to think about like fall fall is about okay it's time to start letting go and this is when people get pms right because they're still packing on their plate and like doing everything that they think they need to do instead of starting to be like, Oh, I don't really need to do that. Or I don't really need to go to that event. Or I don't really need to call that person back. I'm just going to start letting things go. So when you use that fall phase, I think the fall phase is the most important because it's the one of clearing and letting go. When you take the time to clear and let go, then you have the space you need during the winter phase to recalibrate to who you are now because we're always evolving and changing, especially month after month after month, you know, and then from that winter phase of being like, okay, this is who I am now. I've taken some time to go inside to recalibrate to that truth sovereignty right oh, sovereignty. <laughs> <laughs> then um then the spring can come forward very easily and effortlessly instead of like i've got to create something i don't know what i'm going to create it's like, instead of having to work so hard to create what you're creating it will come very naturally mm. and effortlessly from that spaciousness that you just sat in have you ever i'm wondering when you're talking about this because i've never correlated all of these things in my cycle of 
uh, being you know a woman and and menstruating and, and whatnot. But I always feel like there's a time where I I feel like I look in the mirror and I'm like I am so gorgeous that my skin's glowing. I look so it's, like, it's yeah. got to be. Yeah. And then there's times where I'm like ew, I do not want to <laughs> look at myself right now. I feel like so. And that's probably the winter phase. I'm I am in the winter phase. And then springtime, I'm like well yeah, it's feeling cool. pretty good. And then fall, I'm like oh my god, I don't want to. So I just I wonder yeah. not that it all relates to looks, but how I feel too. Yeah. And I probably look no different to anyone else, right. but to myself. But the studies, don't they actually show that more affairs and, and, and cheating actually happen when, you're when, in your, when people are in ovulation phase? In when that summer there's, phase? There's like more flirtation or more desire to flirt. Sometimes when like, I'm on my period, I feel like I get hit on more and I'm like, whoa. The, now that's They're coming true out of too. the woodwork. That's like, true too because of pheromones. Yeah. yeah. Pheromones are like these they smell external it on hormones. Yeah. yeah. And the men can sense that from a mile away. I try to put on more perfume. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this will blow the shield. Yeah, I'm going to shield it. <laughs> There's that. Well, then that's the perfect word shield because there is also this when you're in your winter phase, there's less um, protection around you, right? The uh, veil is thinner. It's that winter mm-hmm. inner time. So that's why staying a little bit more in your own personal space is going to be better for you during that. I I have to admit something in here. I have never once, like the other day, so April and I were going to a workout class on Sunday morning. It was outdoor one, everyone. We were being COVID friendly. Um, And I just started my cycle that morning. And I like to use the word bleeding. So if you're not down to hear about menstrual cycles, sorry, but I just say bleeding. And so I'm like, I, it, I say, instead of moon cycle all this, or menstrual period, instead I say, I'm bleeding. Shit, in the hippie shit, I say, I'm bleeding. bleeding. <laughs> and I started bleeding in that in the morning. And, um, and it was really heavy right away and I had cramps and it was at like 8am and I was like, I'm still going to the workout class. So I just popped some Advil. I was impressed. And I went and April's like, and I told her about that. She's like, you're going and I have to admit, I am so terrible at taking time off when my body's like, just chill. And I'm like, I have Advil. I can still go do the thing. And I felt, still felt great later on in that day. And I can tell you that maybe it's affected this week. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That I'm, and I don't know. I think you and I are similar in that, that April and I. Also, I think we're both like yeah. not the best. At taking I get a day really, off. Really, really terrible PMS though, where I know that I shouldn't be social because I'll snap. Mm-hmm. Where it's not a week; it's probably a few days. And uh, my cramps are are they get worse as I get older. So I have been honoring more honoring of my system and my body when I'm that in that stage of right before or the first day of my mm-hmm. of my um, menses and. I don't know. <laughs> the menses. <laughs> Not Mensa, everyone. Although we may be there too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, that, that fall phase and that PMS, that week before you bleed, like I said, is going to be, that's going to, that's, if you take the time to clear your plate more that week, you will have less cramps. You mm. also clear alcohol and sugar and caffeine. Um, you will. <laughs> I didn't hear that one, Willow. I'm sorry. Something cut out in my headphones. My audio. We have Willow was talking about. She was, we were talking about ashwagandha and all kinds of things, and like cutting out. Uh, you were doing. Oh, because you were doing that whole thing. No, no sugar, sugar. month or something. Yeah, that and, was right before and, COVID hit. Yes, yes. And, and no, no wine. April's like, er. mm-hmm. I know. I was like, I don't hear you again, Willow. I'm sorry. I missed that one. Yeah, Doctor Willow Brown, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> 
She knows what's up, though. She's she right. does. I'll probably feel way better if I actually listen. She's right. It's oh just like, gosh. yeah, well, that's good. I, sugar, I'm not super bad with, but wine, there's sugar in wine. So yeah. there you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Well, so we have a lot of people who, when they quit drinking alcohol, they just crave a bunch of sugar. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Recover, so. Yeah, I won't go into sugar and cutting that out because I know you guys don't want to hear it. It was on the last episode, everyone. (laughs) Go look up Willa Brown. Yeah, Yeah. it's all in there. But yeah, and then so that fall phase and then, um, and then taking, you know, if you can, just like you could still go to the workout class. You could just do it with that mindset of like, I'm in my red tent. You know, I'm having a couple days of like, I'm not going to push quite as hard, you know? Yeah. You might even wear something red to remind yourself. I like that. And it's, in relation to sex, so these phases, and I'm speaking on, I'm, I'm assuming this is mostly, we're talking about a lot of vulva owners or yeah. more than penis owners with these phases, or although I'm sure penis it owners It works have, for penis owners too. It really does. I've had men track their cycle and they're like, oh yeah, I the knew full that moon, there's PMS so much more. Oh yeah, for Wait, sure. How do they figure that out within themselves since they don't have... They just watch the moon in the sky. So anyone oh. who doesn't have a womb moon cycle just follows the moon in the sky. Menopause, men children dogs oh interesting <laughs> anyone who doesn't have a womb moon cycle dogs not cats cats do okay fish okay. anything that has water or fluid in their body oh interesting oh. it's just kind of it's like a compass that trees plants yeah. right yeah we look at the moon cycle for planting and farming and everything so we are really no different than plants i think there's like one tiny genetic structure that's different between humans and plants yeah i'm not surprised it's amazing i feel like we're all one so it so bringing it back to sex though because i started asking that question and i we got a little sidetracked for a second because that is really cool so when you're in that phase and i think you mentioned it a little bit when you're feeling that summer phase and the full moon phase uh honoring your sexuality and tapping into that can the orgasms just be felt deep more deeply or more is there, are they energetically more stimulating or can, can that happen throughout all the phases or what, or what do you think yeah so orgasms are going to be different at different times of your phases because your hormone levels are different at those different times so when your estrogen is on its way up and right before that ovulation you're going to have a lot more jing chi a lot more energy to have epic orgasms um, right before you start your period you are at, so when, day one of your period is kind of like all your hormones drop back down to baseline. So it's a reset point. Right before day one, you're full. Like you're, you've got a lot of estrogen, a lot of progesterone, everything's in there. That's another reason why that fall phase, you're already at maximum capacity internally. So when somebody's like, can you do this one more thing for me? You snap. You're like, no, I cannot. I have no more space inside of me. So, um, where was I going with this? Well, I feel that I'm the snapping. Damn yeah. it. Oh, just saying, oh, the <laughs> so, orgasms. Sa- well, being s- in, uh, the in, different different yeah, yeah like tapping orgasms. it. Yeah, yeah that, like so you know, different types of the mo- type yeah, so times of the month you'll have different, orgasms. different orgasms. orgasms. That makes orgasms. sense. I can't speak orgasmic potential. Orgasmic sovereignty. Potential. Sovereignty. <laughs> <laughs> so that um, that fall phase is you know orgasms during that time like you're probably going to need a lot more foreplay, a lot more build up, a lot more time to get um activated whereas if you're right at your ovulation you know you'll a quickie will do that is wildly interesting. And, and they'll be very different kind of orgasms too one will be more like you know fireworks and one will be more like just a melodic this makes journey sense down the river i, I so yeah. often have had these orgasms like what the 
fuck, this thing was magic and I have no idea how to repli- replicate this. Totally. And, and I should have noted the time of month. How was I feeling? What did I eat today? What are my, what are, how, where am I in my cycle? What yeah. was my relationship like with my partner? What's my relationship like with my dad right now? You know, all of the yes. elements that contribute to I, it. I yeah. guess birth control would also affect that though. Cause if you are having, yeah. Uh, synthetic hormones into your system, I'm sure you're not going to be able to tap into that as deeply. I don't want to assume, but what no, do you- you're right. And, okay. and birth control is a whole other topic. And I have, you know, I, I tend to be extremely holistic. Mm-hmm. So my belief is that any time you're putting exogenous hormones coming from outside of your body, your body has endogenous hormones meaning your ovaries naturally make estrogen and progesterone and testosterone. Those are endogenous inside of you. When you bring exogenous hormones from birth control or um, oils, you know, um, topicals like progesterone topicals, creams, or um, even bioidentical hormones, those are coming from outside of your body. So what they do is they go into your bloodstream and they go, they're messengers. Hormones are messengers. So they go up to your pituitary gland in your brain and they say, Hey, pituitary, I'm here. So don't tell the ovaries to create more. We got enough. And the Mm -hmm. pituitary says, okay, ovaries, take a nap, Mm -hmm. shut down, don't work. And so over a long period of time, exogenous hormones can be helpful like jumper cables Mm -hmm. for a short period of time. But then you want to get your glands working again, even through perimenopause and menopause. You know, and I have women coming to me all the time who've been on birth control for 30 years and they're in their 50s. I'm like, why are you still on birth control? It's because they're afraid to go off it. You get so dependent on it. Because after their body's changing, it's not even related to protecting its pregnancy anymore. Exactly. You just, they get so dependent on those exogenous hormones. They're afraid of what will happen when they go off of it. And guess what we do? Number one thing when I start working with someone who's got a lot of hormonal stuff is clean the... Kidney? Liver. Oh, (laughs) liver. Okay, time for a quick break. This podcast was made possible by Uberlube. It's a luxurious silicone lubricant that enhances sex and intimacy. We receive emails from listeners who have tried Uberlube and the feedback is unanimous. We never knew lube could be this good. It's also less likely to throw off the pH than most other lubes and there are thousands of doctors recommending Uberlube to their patients whether they want to make their hot sex even hotter or for folks experiencing dryness. Uberlube is without a doubt my favorite lube. It has no flavor, no scent, and feels absolutely amazing on my body. And it isn't just for sex. I use it to tame my hair frizzies, to prevent chafing, and I even put some in my mouth before an oral sex session. Totally ups my blowjob game. Oh, and the bottle, it's beautiful. It looks like a cosmetic product. So I just leave it out on my nightstand totally shamelessly. To learn why we think it's the best lube on the planet, check out uberlube.com and use code SHAMELESSSEX for 10% off plus free shipping. Again, that's uberlube.com and use code SHAMELESSSEX for 10% off and free shipping. This podcast was also made possible by omgs.com. OMGS is a research-based online program that teaches you all about how to pleasure the pussy. OMGS studied thousands of vulva owners to find out how they orgasm and then made beautiful animated modules and super honest short videos to give you ways to reach even more pleasure. 
I've been recommending OMGS to my clients for years and it's been changing their lives. We all know pleasure is fluid and ever-changing, so why not add more tools to your pleasure tool belt? OMGS is for everyone, so whether you are a vulva owner or you just love vulvas, OMGS will give you the techniques to get your O face on. There are two seasons to choose from and hundreds of gorgeous videos to explore, so go see what science says about pleasure and visit omgs.com slash shameless. That's omgs.com slash shameless to get $5 off your OMGS access. Again, omgs.com slash shameless. Go check it out. Now back to the show. I just went to a Western doctor for my annual exam uh, for the first time in three years. I go over three years, whatever. I was in in shock. I was shocked by how much she wanted to push birth control on me interesting and so and she kind of got a little tiffy with me like was kind of giving me some tood Mm. and i said look i've taken all sorts of birth control over the course of my life and i've never felt better granted uh my partner has had a vasectomy and so i didn't need birth control and when i was single and experiencing the the world of penises that weren't you know, I wasn't fluid bonded with, I was using condoms. So I was saying this to her and she was like, well, I can give you an IUD. And I was like, I've had an IUD. I've had like five friends get pregnant on IUDs and I, my body rejected it. And I am doing my best to track my cycles and to learn when I am the most, just knowing my body better because being a partner with someone that has a vasectomy as Amy is as well. It's wildly convenient. And it's helpful because I don't have to think about birth control. But I was also dependent on it at a point in my life. I remember being terrified to get off birth control when I was in my 20s because I went on it when I was 15. And I thought it was helping my skin. And I thought it was helping me, I I don't know, more or less know when I was going to get my period or if I wanted to skip my period to have control. And when I got off of it, I had never felt better. I never felt more in my own. I had more energy. My skin was much more, uh, I felt like it glowed and much more, um, the, the elasticity improved. So, and I got older. So it was this interesting correlation. And I know people take birth control because a lot of folks, they, they don't, they don't. Yeah. They only got those that we have birth control and still yeah, it's the, just, the education behind it. Is, totally. It's just like throw a pill at it without the education of here's the options. But I invite penis owners out there. If you know, you don't want children, just get a vasectomy. It's a really <laughs> easy procedure. It's outpatient. Mm-hmm. Put some peas on there. I don't fully back this. this, this I, well, you're not, you're not promoting it, but I'm serious. Like if you don't want children, <laughs> why do women always have to be the ones to fucking regulate? I totally, I hear you. I, I just like, I, and it's that, not like, yeah. but it's not perfectly reversible thing that if people are 20 and like I don't think everyone kids and then they're 30 and all of a sudden they, they do that I think that we need we need better solutions yeah you want to you don't want to be planet. doing it when you're probably in your 20s but you know if you're a guy in your 40s and you're like okay I have a kid already I don't want to have more and my partner is still on birth control like Give her a gift. Yeah. Do her a favor. You know. Thank you. Just, I don't think a lot of doctors will give vasectomies for twenty-year-olds either. Probably not. So probably I think not. I'm just saying, and if it, you're solidly not wanting children, I, as a penis owner, you can take responsibility too. That's right. So I, I, I invite you. I'm not a penis owner, but I know if I was, I'd have a fucking vasectomy. <laughs> <laughs> or don't complain about wearing uh, that condom. Yeah. So exactly. there is a whole section in my book. There's a section on my book on birth control, on freaking anything you could possibly ever want to know about being a woman. Yeah. Uh, so all women 
out there who are women should definitely want to read this book and all the men who want to understand women better. So all the smart men out there are going to want to read this book. Yeah, well. I love how you said all the smart <laughs> men because you're like, if someone's like, yeah, no, I got women figured out. Like, yeah, so we're going to say that you should probably read this book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing too, just to close up birth control because it's such a big topic, but it does deplete a lot of vitamins and minerals from your body, namely vitamin Bs, which are the ones that make you feel happy and mm. cool and, you know, mm. on point in your life. So um, even if you are taking birth control and have been for a while, just make sure you're taking a good B complex as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I think control. that's, we've had multiple people come and talk about birth control. Actually, we have some of their books. Here. Jolene Brighton. Yeah. Beyond the oh, Pill. Right. This is your brain on birth control. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, coming from approaches where they're not, they're not, they're grateful for birth control. They're not right. anti-birth control. And I'm not anti-birth control either. No, no it's, but it's just it that, that what you're place. saying with Western medicine, I'm also not anti-Western medicine. Western medicine has saved my life many times in various ways. And, um, Absolutely. and it's unfortunate when, there isn't the knowledge behind it or the education, I guess. And it's just like this, well, just throw a pill or just because I said so. And especially when it comes to sexuality in the Western medicine world, I have actually my nurse practitioner, who's our friend who's been on our podcast before, as she talked to, that was here for the STI episode. Uh, she's works in Western medicine and brings in this holistic approach to her clients. I think she tells her patients, listen to shameless sex. I'm sure. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, this is who these are like these humans in Western medicine. Whereas a lot of other folks in Western medicine, um, I think a lot of the holistic stuff, they're like, Oh, it's all woo. You know, the science, we need the hard facts and the science. What's all this energy shit that Willow, Dr. Willow Brown is talking <laughs> about. And uh, what a kidney gasm. And, there's there's so much available beyond what you can learn in in a uh, you know in a PhD program. Yeah, there's there's so much beyond that. And, and, and Chinese medicine is thousands of years old. Uh, That's why it's yeah. the ancient it's exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> perhaps it was there for a reason for thousands of years. Yeah, exactly. So just saying. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, these are natural systems that are in your body, whether you're paying attention to them or not. I mean, this medicine is inside of you. Regardless of if you give it consciousness or not, it's it's gonna work. It's gonna it's work for you, yeah. regardless. But if you start giving some attention and paying it and learning about it and being the investigator, you know, it's the ology, the sexology is being the um, observer of your own sexuality. And sexuality is is you know when am I turned on and you know what do I want sexually and how can I ask for that? But it's also your hormones. Mm. I love that we just said about sexology being the observer of your of what's happening in your body and that we have an opportunity here. I'll speak for myself. I would like to take this opportunity to listen to my body more, mm-hmm. shameless sex listeners. Um, so you have a workshop coming up. I'm sorry, not workshop, but online retreat coming up. So we talked about your book a little bit, Sex as Medicine, everyone, and we'll, we'll tell you how you can follow Willow, Dr. Willow Brown and learn more about when that is actually coming out. Um, but we're releasing this, uh, what is this, going to be mid-ish April 2021. May 1st of 2021, you have the, the Dreaming the Queen Awake online retreat. Can you tell us a little more about that? Yeah, so that's going to be really fun. Just single day event on Beltane. Beltane, if you're not familiar with any of the Celtic holidays and traditions, is all about sexuality. Mm-hmm. It's all about playfulness and embodying um, the goddess or the god, you know, depending on whatever you prefer to embody. And so Dreaming the Queen Awake is really an opportunity for you to come and and explore where in your life are you 
sitting in your queendom? Like, where are you really owning your sovereignty, you know? And then where are you, where are you missing the boat? Like, where could you use some support? You know, are you owning it in your career? Are you owning it in your finances? Are you owning it in your family, but you're missing it in sexuality? Okay, so we'll have workshops. We're going to have uh, six different speakers speaking and doing, not just speaking, but like we're going to be doing embodiment stuff. So we'll be moving and dancing. We'll be doing Abhyanga. We've got um, Leah Piper is going to be speaking on Amrita and female ejaculation. And we've got Talia Letzger is going to be speaking on Ayurvedic Abhyanga, which is full body oil massage and like really how to love yourself. So we'll be doing like activities. And then we've got, um, Dr. Kiara Barr. She's going to be doing some drawing stuff with us. And then Claire Rumor is going to be, um, so, Kiara Barr and Claire Rumar are both kind of going to be guiding us through the shadow aspect of sexuality. So the unconscious, where are we not bringing consciousness to the light? Uh, so it'll be really a great opportunity to unravel some patterns that may have been playing out in your life so that you can start to change those patterns. And, you know, changing patterns is really just changing synapses and changing perspectives in your brain. And then your life starts to look differently thereafter. Is this for vulva owners? Uh, it primarily? is. Okay. Yeah. Good question. Yeah. Vulva, yeah. Vul- vulva owning I know plenty of queens that don't own a vulva. There you go. <laughs> so totally. I own a vulva and I need to be more of a queen. <laughs> I think I can tap more into my queen, queen, You're a princess. queendom, 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 queendom. queendom. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it's going to be a really fun day and then, um, everything will be recorded. It is donation based. I think our lowest donation is $7 and goes all the way up to however much you can want to give oh, because you're donating proceeds. But too, we're, right? yeah, oh, we're awesome. giving proceeds to operation underground railroad, which, um, is an organization that extracts children from sexual trafficking. Mm. So just some of the stories from this organization, I mean, are just so heart wrenching and so beautiful and profound too, because when they put these young girls and boys into these aftercare homes, I mean, the, the way they find themselves back to loving themselves is just so deep and Mm. powerful. I want to go do relief work with them. That's a dream of mine. So, um, Willow tackling the world. Is that in the United States? The program exists or is it global? Yeah, they do all over. It's global. So they do U.S. They do Haiti is where they started Mm. extracting children from orphanages where they were selling kids for 10 grand a pop. Oh, my God. It's just disgusting. I mean, this man who put together this organization, Tim Ballard, he's profound. He was a... He was, I don't know, like in the Marines or maybe not the Marines. I don't know. He worked for the U.S. government, you know, but he had to quit his job. He has six kids and he like quit his job to start this organization. Now it's just like this huge organization. I think they've been around for eight or nine years. Wow. But they're one of my like primary chosen donation things. And it's always fun to do an event, like a fundraiser type of event, because, you know, I'm promoting for them. It's great. I'm promoting for me, too, and all these other people. It's, you know, it's a way to get the community built, but it's also I'm promoting to save these. And how can folks sign up for that? Uh, we've got a sales page, a landing page where they can sign up. So and that'll be in the, so in the show notes, that would be a link there. So, but is it on directly from your website too? Yeah, it's on my website. So if you go to drwillowbrown.com. 
There will be um, right at the top of the page. There's sort of a, a banner you can click. That's awesome. I it's mean, just, even if you can't attend, just donating. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's incredible. Totally. $7 minimum or whatever you can afford. I, mm-hmm. I will throw some money and at if, that. And then for people, so by going to doctor, it's DR doctor, not it's DR. Okay, doctor. Yes. And then it, was there a newsletter list? Like your book won't be out for a while. So how can they actually yes. hear so, about it when it happens? Yeah. So, um, you can sign, there's a newsletter list of course on the website. And then if you do, you know, sign up and want to donate and come to dreaming mm-hmm. the queen awake, then, um, you'll be on the mailing list that way as well. And you often have free offerings and little videos here and there and all, all kinds the of things. Yeah, lots yeah. of lots of content. So yeah, at the very least, go check drwillowbrown.com out and um, and you can get all kinds of free education and um, and also maybe support some really good causes too and maybe even work with Will. And then yeah. your work that you do, well, the last piece, I know you work with people one-on-one. You can, do you do that online as well? Yeah. So I do a lot of coaching online, you know, a lot of, um, sexuality coaching with men and women. I'm having a lot of men come through lately, which I'm really enjoying. I love working with men. They're so different than working with women. And, um, it's just so much more of a direct situation with the men. It's Mm -hmm. fun. Um, and then, you know, I've been getting into these, um, pattern types, which we probably won't have time to go into today, but these sort of, uh, original wound pattern types, which are based on Wilhelm Reich's, um, he, I won't go into, he's incredible. If you don't know who he is, check him out on, on, um, Wikipedia and read about him. He's amazing. But he basically coined these, um, wound patterns that develop when your chakras are developing. So let's say you're coming into the world and you have, you experience a trauma like your first year of life, then you might develop a protective pattern around your first chakra. So that would give you the pattern of being someone who flees. Like, mm-hmm. a situation's too much, I'm out of here. Leaving pattern, you know. Or later on down the line, maybe you're three or four years old and you develop, um, you, you experience a trauma, which may not even seem like a trauma to the outside world, but you experience as a trauma. And so then the solar plexus gets a wound to it, gets a damage to it. So then you might... Um, develop the protective pattern of being someone who endures, you know, the enduring pattern. Like, I'm going to stick it out. I'm going to hunker down. I'm going to internalize everything. I'm going to figure it out myself. Mm. I'm going to just do this, you know, and there's body types to each of these too. So mm. kind of understanding what is the protective pattern when I'm working with clients one-on-one is, is really helpful in knowing how to support them and how to coach them. Mm. Um, so yeah, I do that. I do in-person work, pelvic floor work on, on women, and I just started doing dakini work as well. Nice. So, yeah, that's cool. been really fun. Exciting. Yeah. All of the things. What does Willow not do? I know. <laughs> there are a lot of things I don't do. Do you do any dominatrix work over there? No. So, no? Okay. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> I know. It's and we're so lucky to have you in oh, town and part you. of the community. Yeah, in Santa Cruz. I know. It, we have some incredible people here. This is a hub. Of it is a hub. The energetic hub of some sort, oh, right? Yeah. It's just a, a bubble of a lot of really incredible humans. So mm-hmm. thank you for sharing your gifts. And this is number three. Number, number three. three. Lucky number three. <laughs> and now you have your book. Yeah. You're a, well, soon. soon. Well, yes. she's finished writing it. Sex as medicine, everyone. Sex as medicine. Well, uh, I guess I'm sad. I don't want it. I don't want it to. And it felt like we were just hanging out. And 
That's we weren't even we're recording. S- we're so starved for in-person interviews. We need more of this. Yeah. yeah. Like, come back, this come is, is the only months. one I yeah. ever get to yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. This is like <laughs> we could do time. Joe Rogan three hours, everybody. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah. uh, well, we won't because it's hard to keep track of three hours. They, they leave you fast. So to all of you out there that are listening, go check out Willow Brown's work and definitely check out that May 1st, Dreaming Your Queendom. Queendom. Dreaming your queen awake. I put away my laptop, but I still remembered. <laughs> and if you haven't done so yet, marginswine.com, y'all. We're drinking it right now. She actually still has some bottles left for her, from her last release. Mm-hmm. She just messaged us, which r- it rarely happens. Really affordable, but beautiful wine. And it's grown right here in California from all over the Central Coast region, usually taking underdeveloped regions and bringing you underrepresented varietals. So go think about that and then go check it out and support a local Santa Cruz winemaker. And we have all of the coupon codes, but if you buy three or more bottles, you'll save 10%. Use code SHAMELESSX10. Six or more bottles, use SHAMELESSX15 because you'll save 15%. Marginswine.com. Amy and I are air high-fiving because we love her and the wine. All right. (laughs) We will see you next Tuesday, no matter what phase of the moon you're in. (laughs) Ciao for now. Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use code shamelesssex at purepleasureshop.com.